the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In these verses, the theme of glory dominates, and the prayer makes it very clear that the glory of the Son and the glory of the Father are closely connected. To glorify the Son is to glorify the Father. The two are one. That was Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and he's continuing a study in the book of John. We ended yesterday, closing out chapter 16 and move into chapter 17 today. If you'd like to follow along, I encourage you to grab your Bible and turn to the 17th chapter of the book of John in the New Testament. I'm Mike Trout. This is an outreach of Church of the Highlands, and you can find out more about them on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Here's Pastor Layton. Today we're going to begin a study of a remarkable chapter uh, in the New Testament. This year in chapter 17 is the longest of Jesus' prayers that's recorded in the Bible. And yet it can be read in about three minutes. But in those three minutes of reading, we're given insight into conversations within the Trinity as God the Son prays to God the Father about the fulfillment of their plan for salvation and the role of believers in it. This prayer is the perfect segue from Jesus' earthly ministry to his present ministry, which is interceding or praying on behalf of believers at the right hand of God. Now, Jesus' habit of praying is mentioned frequently in the Gospels, and particularly in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, Only rarely, however, is the content of his prayers given, and usually that's in a very short, concise uh, summary. Uh, When there were occasions when Jesus prayed at length, the Gospel writers referenced that, but ordinarily when that took place, Jesus was praying alone. But here... In John chapter 17 is a remarkable exception because Jesus here prays at some length and does so in the presence of witnesses, of the disciples. And uh, so the disciples were able to listen in and record that conversation for us. Now this prayer contains the simplest of sentences and yet what those sentences contain are ideas that are profound. This prayer was prayed only a few hours before Jesus went to his crucifixion, and therefore its importance cannot be overemphasized. Now the chapter begins with this introduction. After Jesus said this, he looked towards heaven and prayed. The this refers to the entire farewell discourse that is recorded for us in chapters 14 through 16. And so we're to understand then that this prayer is the capstone of the instructions that have preceded it. And Jesus has just talked about his triumph over the world, his victory over the world. And that same spirit or attitude of triumph is reflected in this prayer. It's not a prayer of depression or sullenness, but it adopts a long-range view in which Jesus envisions the ultimate victory while he anticipates the inevitable conflict. Now, the prayer, the chapter is difficult to to divide, uh, subdivide, because it's essentially a unit, but it is possible to discern a general outline. Uh, 
In verses 1 through 5, Jesus prays about his own glorification. And then in verses 6 through 19, he prays about the disciples, or prays for the disciples that he is with at that time. And then in verses 20 through 26, he concludes by praying for those who will believe because of the ministry of the disciples. What is common in all three of these sections is the desire that God's will be done. Now, this three-part division of this chapter corresponds to Leviticus, the Old Testament book of Leviticus, chapter 16 and verse 17, according to which the high priest Aaron was to perform the ritual first for himself and then for his family and then for the whole community. Now, according to the Old Testament, Aaron was the first high priest established by God under the Old Covenant. According to the New Testament, Christ Jesus is the first and only high priest established by God under the New Covenant. And from as early as the 16th century, this chapter has been referred to as Jesus' high priestly prayer because in it Jesus prays in a distinctly priestly fashion. James Montgomery Boyce wrote, A study of these verses soon shows that this is the true Lord's Prayer. The prayer that begins with our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, should more accurately be termed the disciples' prayer. The one in John 17 is Jesus' prayer. It has been properly designated his high priestly prayer for he intercedes for us here as high priest before his Father's throne. The prayer that begins with the words, Our Father which art in heaven, was a model prayer that was given by Jesus for his disciples and for subsequent believers. As J. Vernon McGee observed, it could never have been the prayer of Jesus to say, forgive us our debts or forgive us our sins, because he didn't have any sins. He couldn't pray that prayer. But by the same token, you and I can never pray this prayer of John 17. This is his prayer for us as high priest. Now, our study today focuses on verses 1 through 5. Let's read them. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father... Glorify me in your own presence with the glory I had with you before the world existed. And so here in these verses, the theme of glory dominates, and the prayer makes it very clear that the glory of the Son and the glory of the Father are closely connected. To glorify the Son is to glorify the Father. The two are one. Now, often this part of chapter 17, verses 1 through 5, is described as Jesus praying for himself. And And there is something to this, but he doesn't pray for himself in the manner that we commonly understand this to mean. You see, he prays that he be glorified, but when he talks about being glorified, he's talking about going to the cross. And so his prayer here is that the Father's will be done in him. So if we're going to speak of this as being Jesus' prayer for himself, we need to be clear that Jesus is not self-seeking in this prayer. Now, let's look at each of the verses in greater depth. Verse 1, when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. 
Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. And so Jesus begins his prayer with a simple address, Father. It is the address of a child to its parents. It's used at least six times in this prayer. And it illustrates the familiarity between Jesus and his Father. It was natural of him to use this address because he commonly used it throughout the gospel. And further on in the prayer, in verse 11, Father gives way to Holy Father. And then in verse 25, to Righteous Father. Now, to look towards heaven while praying was the most common posture of prayer in this particular time. There was another way of praying, and that was to prostrate oneself if the prayer was particularly intense or anguished. And that was a posture that Jesus evidently adopted just a short time later in the Garden of Gethsemane, as described in Matthew chapter 26. Now, Jesus said, the hour has come. What did he say? He was talking about the hour when he was going to pay for your sins and for my sins. It was the hour when all of the world was going to see the the love of God displayed and lavished as Jesus takes our sins upon himself and carries them to the cross where he dies a substitutionary and redemptive death for us all. For Jesus' life had a climax And that climax was the cross. Uh, To him, the cross was the glory of his life. It was also the path to eternity as well. So what did Jesus mean when he repeatedly spoke of the cross as his glory and his glorification? Well, there's more than one answer to that question. Uh, First, the cross was the glory of Jesus because it marked the completion of his work. For him to have stopped short of the cross would have been to leave the task for which he came uncompleted. Why would that be so? Well, Jesus had come into this world to tell mankind about the love of God and to show it to them. And if he had stopped short of the cross, it would have been as to say that God's love could go this far and no further. But by going all the way to the cross, Jesus showed that there was Nothing that the love of God was not prepared to do or to suffer to redeem mankind from sin. And how then did the cross glorify God the Father? Well, the only way to glorify God or honor God is to obey God. A child brings honor to their parents when he is obedient to them. A citizen honors his country when he is obedient to the laws of that country. A scholar brings honor to his teacher when he follows his teacher's guidance and instruction. And Jesus brought glory and honor to his Father God by his perfect obedience to him. Now, it's quite clear that at any time Jesus could have escaped the cross. And humanly speaking, he could have turned back from Jerusalem. Uh, divinely speaking, he could have called 12 legions of angels to keep him from going to the cross. But as we see Jesus, we are inclined to, to say how he loved God and to what extent his obedience would go. He showed perfect obedience by fulfilling his assignment to go to Calvary's cross. Now, a little while earlier, Jesus had anticipated the cross, the resurrection, the exaltation. He said, The hours come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. 
And so here then the glorification of the Son is associated with his death. But in, chapter, in verse 5 of chapter 17, the glorification is associated with his returning to the Father. Glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world existed. And so both of these aspects contribute to Jesus' glory. That he is going to Calvary's cross and he's going to one day be after the cross, be resurrected, and then the exaltation. Well, we'll have to pick up right there when we come back on Monday at this same time. This is a broadcast outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and it's called Study Verse by Verse. We have a website by that name, studyversebyverse.com, and the church can be found at highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Our teacher is Pastor Leighton Sheely. I hope you can be with us each day. If you can't, you can always listen again to whatever we air here on the air when you go to the website, studyversebyverse.com. You can also contribute to the ministry. We're a nonprofit outreach and really depend upon your prayer support and your financial support. Again, details about the church are on the web at highlands.us. Have a blessed weekend and come back on Monday when we'll once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse. This program is sponsored by Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.